Welcome to Bougie Boo. It's a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm David. I'm Cam. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how you doing, Boo? It's been a while. It has been a while. Thanks the Lord. I am here. We are here. We're back recording. So for our boo-boos out there, who didn't know, um, we've missed a couple weeks and I sincerely apologize, but COVID got me y'all. <laughs> it snatched you right up. It snatched me up. And, you know, it was one of those things where, so of course I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted. I take all of the precautions. And the one time I decided to let my guard down a little bit, Guess what happened? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when it gets you, just like the boogeyman. <laughs> so, but I am happy that I, like I said, um, vaccinated, boosted, and I was out for about two and a half weeks. So yeah. I, I took a total of three tests. Uh, two tests were positive, and then that third test, it was negative, thankfully. So, um, yeah. So continuing to just try to get better because I still have like a lingering cough sometimes. And so I heard that the cough can last for months and months. And I actually joined a Reddit thread about COVID and people catching COVID and long COVID. And once I started reading some of their stories, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to complain because I had symptoms, but some of these poor people, I mean, it it was bad. You know, some people are, are a year after uh, catching COVID and mm-hmm. they're still dealing with with their symptoms so wow. well yeah it's all about perspective right it is it is well and I mean thank you boo because you called me a couple times when I was at home recovering and I know I sounded horrible <laughs> <laughs> but you cheered me up and shout out to my family and then also shout out to Ale Alvarez she bought me this really nice care package it has medicine and Theraflu and Gatorade, an oximeter, which I didn't even know what an oximeter was. I didn't know what it was <laughs> until you told me. Well, and, and I'll get into that because I want to explain like my different symptoms, but it was different symptoms on different days. And that's what I wanted to ask you about, because since you had COVID and, you know, sometimes you talk to people, they say, oh, I'm positive for COVID, but I really didn't feel much. I just couldn't taste or they didn't get all the symptoms of a flu, like COVID fever. Mm-hmm. Um, so how bad were you? So it was interesting because day one, it was a sore and slash like horse throat. But I thought I had a horse throat because so I went to work, right? And at work we have Yeah, she'd be yelling at all the students. I do not <laughs> yell. Actually, this particular time I was yelling. Oh, okay. The, but I wasn't yelling at them. I was yelling because I was giving them a warm, not a warm welcome, but a nice boisterous welcome. Oh, the cheers for the stu- the new Yay. incoming students. That's so uh, nice of you. And so because I'm up there shouting for like three, four minutes straight. When I was done, I was, I was kind of hoarse. And I'm like, well, you know, that's given because I was up there like shouting and yelling and everything. So I went on about my business, but then the next day when I woke up, it felt like a train had hit me. My body was so heavy and it was like achy. And I'm like, you know, I better just take a COVID test to be sure, because I did just come back from traveling and I'll I'll, next week's episode, I will talk about, you know, the wedding and everything like that. But I came back from traveling, went to work the next day. And then the following day is when my body started feeling horrible. So day one was the sore and horse throat. Mm -hmm. And then day two was sore throat and body aches. And then I took a COVID test on day two and it was positive. And the line was like, it wasn't faint, but you can still see the line. So I'm like, well, the line is there. So obviously I have COVID. 
So then, you know, I text my family and I'm like, oh, I tested positive and, you know, I'll be at home self-isolating and text my friends who I travel with to let them know like, hey, you may want to take a test. You know, I'm hoping you're not sick, but here are my results. Day three, severe body aches. So day two was like minor body aches. Day three, severe body aches. And then that's when the headaches came. And it wasn't like just a regular headache. To me, it felt like a migraine. And so all I could do was just lay on the couch and kind of look sad (laughs) (laughs) because here I am in pain, you know? So uh, day, day four is when the severe congestion reared, reared its ugly head. So severe congestion and then the sore throat and shout out to my friend Farai. He got me a humidifier for Christmas. And let me tell you, I got my money's worth. Well, he got his money's <laughs> worth because that humidifier ran day and night because I read, you know, when you have severe congestion, mm-hmm. put the humidifier on or go into a hot shower. And it was like, I could not breathe. It was, so the humidifier was the gift that actually was giving. Yes, it was. <laughs> so thank you for I. <laughs> because up until that point, I really hadn't used it much. So, and it, and it was like a nice decoration piece. So I kind of had it more for decoration and not for what it was actually used for. Well, I do enjoy a good humidifying session just for um, skincare too, just to get that steam on the face. Get it glowing. You have beautiful skin, boo. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Open up, open up those pores a bit, you know? (laughs) So yes, that was day four. Um, And then day five, I still have the congestion. And this is where I got scared because day five, I had shortness of breath. Mm. And so I was like, okay, the shortness of breath is here. I'm severely congested and I'm over here trying to do breathing exercises, right? Because they say that if you're short of breath, you can kind of get anxiety because you think like, oh my God, am I dying? I, I can't breathe. So I didn't want to get myself in a panic. So I kind of like sat on the couch and I held a breath in for five seconds, let a breath out slowly. And then by this time, I had let my friend know, like, hey, I'm having shortness of breath, but don't freak out. I think it's because I'm severely congested, so I can't really get air in. So then that's when she asked me if I had an oximeter. (laughs) And I was like, what's that? So then I looked it up, and it's to measure your oxygen. I would have been like, you mean oxyclean (laughs) to clean my house with? Well, and then I was saying it wrong. I was like, oximeter? (laughs) (laughs) So then that's when she bought me the oximeter the next day with the care package and the oximeter is so funny. Okay. So if any of you out there, any of our boo-boos have to ever use an oximeter, please read the directions because if not, you're going to freak yourself out. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you telling me about this. (laughs) So you're not supposed to have any polish or any gel or anything on your fingernails because the oximeter, you use your pointer finger and you slide it into the device and it measures your heart rate, but then also the level of oxygen that you're receiving. So obviously the oximeter was probably going to give a bad read anyway, because it wasn't just my bare nail. Not only that, but this particular oximeter, you're supposed to put it, put the device on your finger, hold your hand over your heart, and then let the device read it. Well, or, I didn't. I was gonna say, and say the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do that. I just stuck the oximeter on, and I'm just looking at it, and I'm kind of uh, in a panic. So it initially read 48. <laughs> and so to put that in context, okay, when I looked online, it said like a normal oximeter read is supposed to be between 97 and 100. So you're and dead. If, <laughs> <laughs> If you're 95 to 97, call your physician, right? And then anything under 95, call 911. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, well, obviously I'm looking at 48 and I can still talk. So I think- you alive. Thank God I'm alive. (laughs) So I was like, okay, maybe I need to read the directions. So read the directions took the read again. This time it showed 94, which I'm still in the category for call 911, 
but I'm like, it's probably because I have gel on my fingernail and uh. it's not reading it correctly. So I'm like, you know, it's in the nineties. I'm happy. It's not in the forties. So let me just continue to monitor my, my shortness of breath and then, mm-hmm. you know, be at home and taking it easy. So then I was happy because day six, I no longer had the shortness of breath, but then a nasty cough came on day six. So I'm guessing that severe congestion that I had, like that cough came because the congestion was breaking up. So it had to, you know, come out. So day six was nasty cough and then tiny white bumps appearing around my mouth. Oh no. Which is weird. I was like- I would have been scared because I was like, is this monkeypox too? (laughs) But see, at that time I was in the house. I didn't go anywhere. So I was like this, no, I think maybe it was just, a crazy symptom of COVID because you read about people having so many symptoms. And then day seven, um, still had the cough. I still had a little bit of congestion. And then on day seven, PMS symptoms started to appear. Oh no. <laughs> well, I have to tell our boo-boo so she was a trooper and she tried to record, but I said I nixed that idea because she did not sound great. So y'all would have been sad listening to her. Like, poor Cam, she's pushing through. And I wanted to. I missed recording. I I missed it. I felt (laughs) like I I missed the boo-boos. I wanted them to get an update. Like, I'm okay. We're okay. But yeah, I just, I did not. I I wanted to spare y'all the sound of walking death. (laughs) 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 No, she wasn't that bad. But, you know, she wasn't sounding at her best as as she should be for y'all as I should be for y'all if I was ever sick. Thank you, boo, for making that executive decision. (laughs) (laughs) But another thing, so um, you know how people talk about COVID brain fog? Uh It's real. (laughs) See, I hope to never find out, but please share, (laughs) please share. So because I couldn't clean my house because, you know, I wasn't feeling well, Mm -hmm. I did muster up enough strength just to pour some bleach in my toilet just so it can like sit in there and disinfect and, you know, kind of smell clean. Well, I forgot that I poured (laughs) bleach in my toilet. So then I go to use the restroom and I look in the toilet and it's orange, like orange, like sunny delight color orange. And I start freaking out. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) But then I was like, oh, I put that bleach in my toilet and then the bleach mixed with urine. <laughs> oh, so then you get sunny delight. <laughs> I was, I was through. I was like, you know what? I said, this is too much. So yes, the COVID brain fog is, is real because I forgot I put bleach in my toilet and thought that my urine was orange. So I could imagine, see that, I could imagine now how people in the Bible would have felt when they saw the sea turn red. <laughs> Scared AF. Because <laughs> you got scared by this little puddle of orange water. I thought it was that orange radioactive stuff inside of me. I don't know. I didn't know what COVID was doing. I could imagine how scary that was, though. Especially yeah. if you totally forgot about that pouring the bleach in there. I know. But see, and even the, but that proves I'm not like a clean freak. But even when I'm not feeling well, I still have to do a little bit of something. <laughs> I just cannot be living in filth. I can't. <laughs> And you don't. No. Uh, She keeps herself, you know, uh, tidy. I try to. It's just that your germaphobe got the best of you. Eh, Oh, Lord. (laughs) So, but yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Boo, for calling to check on me. Of course. Going through this COVID journey with me. It's so funny because we got vaccinated together. We did. We did all that together. We were vaccine booze. So. But you know, you know, you took the risk and want to support your friend for the wedding, which you will discuss next time. But I, I haven't taken so much risk so far. Like I pretty much still have only kept to friends and family and kept isolated and haven't done any big events yet. Mm-hmm. But I'll talk about this next. I think next week as well, where my true test is going to be coming up in a month where I, when I go to San Diego Comic-Con and mm-hmm. I'm excited and frightened. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw Kanye West at the BET Awards. I think I sent you the picture. You did. You sent me the... (laughs) I said, this is going to be you at (laughs) Comic-Con. He was covered from head to toe. And, you know, Kanye ain't wrong. I was about... I was thinking about that even before you sent me the picture. (laughs) And I said, 
same Kanye, I understand. I mean, <laughs> everything was covered. Not one thing was exposed. <laughs> so, but yeah. So how have you been though? What's been up with you? Well, I've been staying healthy, not getting COVID. Thank I'm goodness. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> but, and I've been uh, going to the gym as usual, but a uh, visit recently was really cool because I got to meet a couple of um, former WWE wrestlers. Oh, okay. And that was interesting. What were the wrestlers? Uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, for those people who are familiar with them. They were, um, they're actually a married couple, but they also wrestle in the men's and women's divisions, uh, respectively. And they were just working out at the gym that I go to. But when I was looking at them, they looked different in person. So I kept eyeing them going, is that them? It really looks like them, though. And I wasn't the only one. I saw other people looking at them going, is that them? but I'm not sure. <laughs> and I had to, the dead giveaway was Candace likes to have a signature hair color, which is this lilac purple color. Okay. And she had still some streaks and it was, I think she was, it was kind of fading out, but it was there. And I was like, well, that's her signature color. Then I'm looking at Johnny. I'm like, and he looks like Johnny kind of, but they did not look like themselves in person. I think you know, for Candace, makeup makes her look different mm. uh, from on TV. And Johnny was much, I, I expected him to be small, but he was much smaller than I thought in, in stature. And because I'm taller than the two of them. <laughs> but, you know, the physically, though, they do amazing things in the ring. But, you know, I just, what I did to confirm was I went to their Instagrams. You were like, where are y'all at? Well, it, I, you know, th that wasn't even the thing for me to be able to do is to, to at them or anything, but to or figure out where they were or location tag. I just was looking at pictures of them in their regular lives, trying to match them up to how what I was seeing in front of me. And it was exactly how they looked. So I was like, uh, and I don't follow them normally on Instagram. And so when I went onto their pages, I was like, okay, this is them. And so I wanted to meet them, of course, but I didn't want to bother them while they were working out. Mm -hmm. and well, that's nice. That's respectful. I try to be like, I, you know, all the celebrities I meet, I never engage them when it's an inopportune time for them. Mm -hmm. you know? And so I, w I wanted them to finish their workout without me bothering them. Plus, if I had approached them in the middle of a workout, it's possible that that I might embolden other people in the gym to go up to them. And I didn't want to be the reason they couldn't work out. <laughs> Uh, they're gonna be like look please leave us alone <laughs> but for those who are, of you who are curious they were working on legs that day <laughs> leg day hey but uh yeah so i let them finish their set and i was you know at first i felt like a stalker or or a creeper because i was kind of hovering around the, where they were working out because i didn't want to lose sight of them just in case they left my gym well when you use words like hovering <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, because I, I think I, they could probably feel my heat. They're like, this Asian guy keeps, he's always around us. That's just because you're so hot, boo. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. Um, so, but then I was like, no, okay, this has got to stop. I'm going to go do my routine and hopefully I'll catch them. And then I just went and did my workout for the day. Uh, but then at a certain point, paranoia got to me. I was like, okay, I need to go hover again, just in case. But then I had seen that they went to do cardio, which usually means for most people, they're about to wrap up their workout. So really? then I said, I yeah, know so that. I thought cardio was usually done at the beginning. Cardio for and the beginning is usually a warm up. Okay, if you're doing weights, and then you do your weights, and then you finish up with cardio. And so since they went to the cardio machines, I was like, okay, I think they're almost done. So what I try to do is be strategic, even though I was nowhere near done with my workout. <laughs> I went to do the, um, uh, what do you call that? The treadmill, mm -hmm. which was by the exit of the gym. It was the, the, the one nearest to the exit. So I was like, okay, if they're going to walk in front of me, I'll catch them when they are ready to leave. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing my treadmill, walking around, but I'm like, my, I'm like an owl, my head's going back and forth. <laughs> I but can all of a imagine sudden, you looking like. <laughs> all of a sudden, I, I don't see them on the machine. So I go, they left. And I look behind me. They're walking behind me, not in front of me. <laughs> so, you know, at this point, I had to make a decision. Let them go or look crazy. And I decided to look crazy. But, you know, but because you look crazy, what did that result in? Well, I got a photo with them. But so here's what happened. They walked behind me. Of course, they didn't see me, thank goodness, because then I leapt off the moving treadmill. Oh, my God. Well, I like tried to, I, 
No, I shut it down, but it wasn't fit. And I didn't wait for it to stop. I just hopped off, hopped off of it. And I kind of ran after them. But as I was getting close to them, I kind of slowed my pace down to look like I was walking. <laughs> and then I just kind of called their names out. They turned around and they were very pleasant to have. A, I had a short conversation with them and they were really uh, amenable to taking the photo and having a small conversation. And I, you know, I just complimented them on some of the things that they do. And then actually Johnny probably wanted to go because he was like, did you want a picture? And I was like, oh yeah, why not? At least he offered, <laughs> and that's good that he was open to it, you yeah. know, and he just didn't say, well, no photos, man, or, you know, yeah. was a total douche about it. Exactly, so. and they're a really nice couple, but I was grateful that they uh, wanted to take a picture because they were in their workout clothes and they had just finished working out. So yeah. I would have understand if they said, understood if they said no as well. But um, yeah, so... Anyway, Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, I enjoyed watching them on NXT, which is a subdivision of WWE. Um, and th they're just really good wrestlers and entertaining wrestlers. So that was, I was going to go into the history of what they've done, but I won't do that. But <laughs> Well, I remember, um, you know, pre-COVID, my pre-COVID <laughs> days, I text you because on my flight, I think there was an AEW wrestler and I didn't want to be weird and get a picture but i was like i think there's an AEW wrestler on my flight because she had an AEW hoodie but also she had an athletic build she was slender but yet muscular and then she had a hood on but her hair looked to be like dark red or maybe maroon but i was sitting behind her so i couldn't get a picture and then by the time i got off the plane i missed her so well the thing that really made sense when you told me about her was that AEW had just come to town that uh, within the day or two after you had told me about it. So mm -hmm. it was realistically probably a wrestler flying home or to the next uh, event. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you, when you described her to me, I really couldn't think of who it could be, except for maybe Ruby Soho, who's got reddish hair. Um, other than that, I really couldn't place, or Chris Statlander maybe. And those are the only two I could think of, but it would have been cool to know for sure who that, who that person was. Sorry, I was trying. I was trying. But but you know what? Thank you. Because of you, though, I know about AEW. Because when I saw that hoodie, I was like, I know what that is. <laughs> See, we're always educating one another. There you go. So. But well, and you know, one of the thoughts to me was, why are Johnny and Candace at randomly at my gym? You know, in, in my IE. city. Yeah. And what I discovered was, Candace is actually born in the city I live in, Riverside. Oh, okay. That's and awesome. so she, they were probably visiting family because Candace just had her baby three months ago. Wow. And so okay. I saw on their Instagram, they had a party at Candace's family's house for the baby. So that's why they were in Riverside working out at my gym. Small world. I know. Uh, it was, but, you know, uh, even more smaller in the sense that I happened to go at the right time on a weekday in the middle of the day when they were there. It was just meant for you to meet them both. It was. I was. So, just like you meet all other celebrities. You know? I do. It's, that's, just yeah. normal, that's normal life for you. <laughs> I'm always randomly crossing paths with them, like especially when you go to LA. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's another thing, people. I want to kind of, I don't know if it's a tip, but they end up not looking like how you would think they look like because, again, makeup really makes people look different. So a lot of times in Hollywood, you have to look at a person and be like, is that them? <laughs> and yeah, so they don't look like that on, online. It's true. And then you have to have to work up the courage to be assured of yourself that it is them. And well, you told me today I look like a brand new woman because I have lipstick on. <laughs> well, it's your hair too. Though. It's a it's a newer look for you. So I can imagine if I had a full face beat, <laughs> uh -huh. like, Who's is that, that her? I'll be like, boo, stop. <laughs> They'll be like, is that Beyonce? <laughs> You'd be like, is Angel put a ring on it? No, I gotta say, new one, Renaissance? I was, uh, her, her, new, her new song is a jam, I have to say. Yes. So, um, nice house music feel. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's, it. Honestly, for me, don't get mad at me, Beehive, but she hasn't put out anything that great for me for to listen to in a while. He said for me. He did say for me. I know, me, I so said I for me. Context. <laughs> so, because I liked her older stuff when she was more pop dance. And then she, you know, some of her latest stuff I've liked, especially the messages she's telling in them. 
but it hasn't been very commercial or um, just melodic in a sense, right? So this new song is kind of going back to her older sound in terms of how melodic and accessible it is. Anything that she puts out is gold. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, because I don't yeah, want the beehive attacking me. <laughs> I don't want to be like Thomas J and my girl. You know what the bees did to him? Well, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> y'all can break my soul if it's Beyonce's Break My Soul, because that song is good. That's all yeah. to say. <laughs> Random, mini minor tangent, but I did watch My Girl when I was at home sick. The one with Macaulay Culkin? Yes. Oh, I love Thomas, that movie. His name was Thomas J. That's what I just said. I don't, I don't want the beehive doing me like Thomas J did. Oh, that's, like, okay. That's the reference. I was like, what's she talking about? But now I get what she said, what you're talking about. Oh my God. That movie is, I don't, maybe just because, you know, I wasn't feeling well. I was kind of emotional because I had PMS symptoms. But the part where Thomas J got attacked by those bees because he was trying to find Beta's ring. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, I mean, again, another tangent. That movie is in line with how it reminds me of Bridge to Terabithia. I don't know if you watched that movie as well. I have not. So it's another little boy-girl story, and one of the characters dies, and the other one has to deal with the loss. This is too much. It's too. And then when Beta was trying to talk to him in the casket, I said, "Oh my lord!" (laughs) I I had to turn it off. I did. I couldn't remember being that emotional when I was young watching it. And now that I'm older, I'm like, this is heavy. Well, it's, contextually, it's... it makes more sense to you. Yes. You know? So, but and, yeah. You know, as we get older, we also face our mortality in a different way. Yeah. Wow. Well, yes. So we went on that tangent because um, <laughs> Beyonce and the Beehive. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> getting back to how I worked out. But, you know, part of the reason why Cam and I like to work out is because we work out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Double C's, almost triple. Just kidding. <laughs> but some, uh, someone did mention to me the way we talk about ourselves and food. We make ourselves sound obese, and we're not. Well, according not. according to Kaiser, I am. <laughs> well, the, in the numbers, yes, because I think I am too, numbers wise. But Kaiser will have you looked in hungry, honestly. Well, and you know the thing is, I mean, Cam and I are not ready for my six hundred pound life. <laughs> You know, but. I ain't trying to see doctor now. How yeah. y'all doing? He'd be like, how y'all doing? I watched that too when I was at home. <laughs> but some of the stuff that the people cook though on my uh-huh. hundred, my 600 pound life, it looks good. That's all I will say. Well, they love food. So. <laughs> but, um, you know, talking about food, I did go to a place a couple of weeks ago with a friend of ours, a mutual friend. And she works, she used to work on our campus, but she now works at another campus. But it's uh, nice to always catch up with her. Hey, girl. Um, shout I out to Star. Friend. Hey, yeah. Miss Star, the beautiful, lovely Star. <laughs> so I found a place that happened to be close to where she lives um, because, you know, she got like 10,000 babies. Stop. So it's hard, for, well, it's hard for her to, you know, <laughs> get out of the house. Well, you um, know, Star is being obedient to God's word because it says be fruitful and multiply and oh, that's she, what her and her husband are doing she is most fruitful <laughs> she got a whole orchard of babies <laughs> well in fact she's already had five and she said at the uh, after the fifth one she didn't know if she wanted anymore it's been a couple years and then when I had lunch with her that day she showed me her tummy number six is on the way congratulations congratulations star <laughs> but we I went to this uh what they build themselves as a French Californian Californian fusion food restaurant. Ooh, sounds, Ca- bougie. Yeah. sounds bougie. They they I mean it is bougie for Riverside. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of the food and the presentation, uh it was bougie in the, in the French style, uh, but it's called Cafe La Rêve. And um actually was pleasantly surprised like the pictures look good but once I had the food is actually quite good um, I had uh, a standard for me in French fare which was croque madame I love that sandwich yes we know you love your croque madame because <laughs> you had one when we went to Belgium yes and I also <laughs> I remember 2019 comic-con before uh, COVID uh, one of the foods I had was I went to a, another French cafe and had a croque madame there too mm. but what that is is like a 
sandwich with ham, Swiss cheese, and mustard on sourdough with a fried egg on, egg on top. And they put bechamel, and bechamel is a, it's like a sauce made from uh, white roux, which is butter and flour. So mixture. rich. So yeah, rich. And, and, and milk. So, it, you know, actually, bechamel is um, considered a mother sauce of French cuisine. So here, let's go into the education of some French cuisine here. Listen, it, I'm listening. I love me a good bechamel sauce. So yeah, Actually, I'm trying to perfect my bechamel. Sauce. Oh, okay, there yeah. you go. But the, you know, again, it's a mother sauce and or a grand sauce in uh, French cuisine, and those are the leading sauces, which are a group of sauces that many other sauces are based on. And so bechamel is one of them. Uh, Espanol sauce is another. Tomato sauce, velouté, and hollandaise are actually all mother sauces. Okay. So, and other sauces that branch out from them. Um, they tend to be called them like daughter or sister sauces and things like that. But those mm -hmm. are the main mother sauces of French cuisine. Uh, but our friend Star, she had a brioche French toast. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It was actually delicious. It was quite eggy. I know you don't like that, but I like the egginess of their French toast. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a, and they had a creamy, it was a cooked in a creamy custard. That's why. Okay. And then served with berries, which were blueberries and strawberries and whipped cream. And actually it was um, quite delightful in the mouth for me Ooh, i mean it sounds good <laughs> yeah and then um i also had you could choose your sides and i had pave potatoes which mm -hmm. are basically layered potatoes like little thin layers of potatoes um and they, they put them in squares so they squared layers of potatoes on top of one another and they make this one solid kind of like potatoy not a hash brown but it was just, just like a thick layer of potatoes all together mm -hmm. like a like a crepe cake but a crepe potato and then um, they gave me a complimentary tomato provencal, or provencal, which is a basically a tomato topped with garlic and herb, um, but breadcrumb mixtures and olive oil, and they mm -hmm. put it in the oven. So that was nice that they just threw that into my meal. Yeah, that's nice. Because it's actually a side, but they were like, "Oh, we're just gonna give you one anyway." Well, because you're so nice, and they're like, "You know what? <laughs> we want him to come back, and we want him to talk about this on Bougie Booze, and that's why they gave you." <laughs> Well, and Star, Star and I were complimenting them quite a bit. And, you know, Star irradiates goodness and, and, and niceness. Does. And Good so, people. Yeah. So, so much positivity. But so, yeah, I, I'm actually planning on taking a friend back there um, to let him try those things. And uh, so hopefully within the next week or two, actually. But yeah, so there, there's what I've been up to. Well, I'm so happy that you were able to see all of that good food. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know where this is going. Miss Cyclops. Oh my gosh. So the day that I finally tested negative for COVID, I was feeling good. I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to clean my house <laughs> because up until that point, I'd just been taking it easy because I was focusing on trying to recover. So, you know, I'm picking up things and I have my little robot vacuum. So that's going and I'm putting blankets in the closet and all this stuff. Well, I open my closet door. And soon as I open my closet door. So, you know, the box that MacBook Pros come in. Mm -hmm, big box. I don't even know why I kept the box, but I had the box in my closet. Open the closet door it falls out and it hits me in my eye. Ouch. Oh my goodness. The corner of it hits me on top of my eyelid. So I'm just thinking, okay, ow, this hurts. I, I kind of bend over and I cover my eye. When I finally look down to see my hand, it's full of blood. Yikes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I'm like, oh my God, is my eyeball bleeding? Did I burst an eye, a uh, blood vessel? <laughs> yeah, me? I'd be scared too. <laughs> it's like my eyeball gone? <laughs> I knew it wasn't gone because I could see out of it, but I was just like, it, it's blood. Like what is going on here? So I rush to the restroom, look, and I have a cut on top of my eyelid. So I'm like, okay, clean it up, put some alcohol on it. Then I put Neosporin on it. And I said, you know what? That's it for today. I'm not doing anything else because obviously I'm trying to do things and it's not working out for me. <laughs> Next day I wake up and I look at the cut and it looks fine. So I'm like, okay, you know, things are good. I go on about my day. Well, that afternoon I walk outside 
And I mean, it, the sun has been shining bright. It's been beautiful days, right? But I noticed that my eye, my left eye is super sensitive to light. And I'm thinking, okay, what is going on? Then shortly after my eye starts watering, my eye started watering and then it became red. And I'm like, okay, this is weird, but I'm thinking nothing of it, right? Because I can still see my cut is healing just fine. And I don't think I need to go to the doctor. Like I'm that type of person that I will go to the doctor, but I kind of wait too late when I go. Well, that's the thing. It's like, if it was red, I would have been like, is there blood filling up in my eye? But it was red, like almost like if I had pink eye. Oh, okay. But I knew it wasn't pink eye. So it was just irritated. So then on Monday, I go to work and my colleagues at work, they're like, your eye doesn't look good. Maybe you should go to the doctor. And I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But two people at work told me my eye doesn't look good. Then my sister calls me and I told her that my eye is watery. It's red. It's irritated. And I'm sensitive to light. She's like, look, you need to go to the doctor (laughs) because you don't want to mess with your vision. And I said, okay, that's three people. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to listen. I go to urgent care and the urgent care line was so long. I'm like, oh my God. And, but you know what? I was still thankful because the condition of some of the people that I saw in line, it looked way worse than the little issue that I was dealing with, with my eye. So I just was like, Lord, please help all these people. And I was trying not to be so anxious because you heard people coughing. You heard people breathing heavily. You just kind of felt like you're in this peachy dish, right? Of like all these sick people. Well, that's what I was going to say. Lexing, you know, you're positive with COVID again. (laughs) No, no. I have the antibodies now, (laughs) but I have my mask on. I have my mask on. And then when I was waiting to be seen I didn't sit next to people like I purposely like tried to stay away as much as I could so I see the urgent care doctor he does like the eye exam and he's like I don't see anything but I'm going to prescribe these antibiotic drops and I'm going to refer you to the ophthalmologist he's like the ophthalmologist should call you by tomorrow so you can get seen and then he also gives me an off work note because like clearly something is wrong with my eye visibly, but he said he didn't see anything. And not that I'm discrediting him, but he was a nurse practitioner and he's not an ophthalmologist. So I think he's like, nope, you need to see a specialist. And the specialist is not me. (laughs) (laughs) So I go home and the next day, it's interesting because my eye is still hurting the next day and it's actually hurting even worse. I'm in the Costco gas line, right? (laughs) Getting gas. And it's, what time is it? it's 10 45 I get a call from Kaiser in the Costco gas line and the nurse she's like we have an appointment for the ophthalmologist at 11 45 can you make no she was like at 11 10 excuse me can you make it and I was like it's 10 45 now there's no way I can get to you by 11 10 then she says we have one at 11 45 and I said that would be pushing it for me can you know you get something later then she said she had something at 210 and I said, I'll take it. So I'm like, okay, good, fine. You know, going back to the doctor to see what's wrong with my eye, because at this point I really cannot look at light. I'm walking around like Ray Charles with dark shades on. <laughs> and not only that, but I was taking pain pills for it because I read that when you have an eye injury, the nerves are really sensitive. So when you look into bright light, it's going to hurt. And so in order to not be in pain, I was like hopped up on pain pills. Oh my goodness. I go to my appointment and the ophthalmologist, she looks in my eye and she's like, you have severe inflammation in your eye from when the box hit you. It's, it's a trauma injury and that's your eye's response. And she's like, I'm going to start you on these two drops. One is a steroid and then one to help the inflammation. And she's like, one of them they're going to, it's going to make your vision blurry. But when she said that, I'm just thinking it's going to be like minor, right? (laughs) And then in one of the uh, drops, she said, you're supposed to take one drop every hour while you're awake. And then the other one, you take one drop in the morning, one drop at night, the one that makes your, your vision blurry. I'm like, okay. So I go home and I start these drops and instantly 
the drop to fight the inflammation really helped because the redness was, was um, decreasing. Mm-hmm. I noticed that my vision became blurry towards evening, which I was like, okay, whatever, I'm going to go to sleep. So by the time I wake up, my vision shouldn't be blurry. Well, I wake up and I'm like cross-eyed. <laughs> and I get scared because then I look in the mirror and my pupil is giant it's huge and I was like okay is it supposed to have this effect so then I look up the certain medication online and it says that your pupil can stay dilated up to seven days after the last dose administered so then I was like no there is no way I'm going to continue to take this and then have blurred vision for like weeks and so I stopped taking the one to dilate my pupils and I was just taking the other one to fight the inflammation, which was helping. Then let's see, fast forward to three more days after that, I had to go back to see her for, the, for a follow-up appointment. And so I let her know, I stopped taking the eye drop that dilated my pupils because it freaked me out. I was scared. I couldn't see straight. I have to be able to drive. I have to go to work. Do you not believe or do you not know, excuse me, that her response was, will you have your other eye? That's what she told me. And I was like, um, that's a cold response. Like, why yeah. would you tell someone that? Because it's a safety hazard at this point. Like, I'm telling you, I have to drive and I have to, you know, function in society. And you don't care that I have like one good eye and then the other eye I can't see out of? Yeah, sounds like it's not happening to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she told me, she said, well, the amount of inflammation that you had, you need to continue the drops that don't make your eye dilated. She's like, it's fine if you don't take the one that dilates your pupils. She said that was more for your comfort because she said that because my eye was contracting when it was dark to light, she didn't want me to have to go through that pain. But now that the other drop was working against the inflammation, I wasn't having as much pain. So now I have to go back to her this week for progress. So I've been to the ophthalmologist twice and now I'm going to be going on my third appointment. Well, you know, the thing I have issue with is how she prescribed one drop per every hour that you're awake and things are different for people because if that were me, I'd have to put 20 hours of drops in. (laughs) Oh, and I didn't tell you that, but okay. So while I was having vision problems and all cross-eyed and stuff, I looked at the actual instructions that came inside the eye drops uh-huh. and it said not to exceed four drops in a day. See? And I asked her about that and she said, well, the amount of inflammation that you had, you needed extra doses. And I'm like looking like, um, no, because if anything, this may do ha- more harm than good. Mm-hmm. She's telling me to go from four drops, which is the suggested dose to double or triple that. Well, and that's, again, how you have to advocate for yourself because she's not going to ask the right questions. Like, she doesn't know that I stay up 28 hours a day. <laughs> so to tell me to put an, a, a drop every hour, you're telling me to put 20 drops in my eyeball that you're, I'm only supposed to really put four drops throughout the day? Yeah. So you kind of have to use your own judgment and common sense because that that just scared me. <laughs> so... So that has been my issues, my issues with COVID and my eye, but I am happy to report I am on the mend. My eye is no longer looking crazy. My pupil is a little bit larger than the other one on my left eye, but I suspect that to be normal in a couple of days. So your girl has been going through it. (laughs) No, that's the thing. I'm sure our (laughs) listeners will be like, okay, COVID, I right after, this this girl's a disaster. Only for the moment, only for the present time being. Yeah, she, she has, you know, a long string of good moments, so, but <laughs> just like anybody's life, you know, you have things that happen back to back. Yes. You know? So, well, and then also I was happy that I was able to see out of one eye good because Dream Pairs, which is a shoe company, they selected me to be a part of their super user program. So shout out to Dream Pairs. Um, the pair of shoes that they sent me, I actually have them on right now. Really cute. So they're a pair of um, tan flats and they're pointed toe and they have a cute little strap around the ankle. Really elegant, really comfortable. And 
I've been wearing them at work and been walking across campus. They're super comfortable and I plan on getting more pairs. So um, shout out to Dream Pairs. Thank yeah. you. As you know, we can do a lot of walking on campus. We so can. really functional, functional, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> and stylish, very stylish. Yeah. So, and I sent you a picture of them too. You did. I, they were, yeah. you, and you all, you know, were like a fashion stylist, put them in a little photo shoot. <laughs> tried I tried to do them justice so but yeah so that's what's been going on with me so it, it, it can only get better from here well yeah I mean things are going well for me too I'm glad I still have two good eyes to see with I'm so happy for you boo thank you uh, because I need those eyes I'm going to a k-pop concert coming up oh how exciting August yeah it's coming up in a month just over a month but it's um a K-pop girl group named Luna that a lot of people may be familiar with our listeners, our boo-boos who listen to K-pop. They're pretty popular in America. And so, you know, I haven't bought concert tickets in a long time. And it was an ordeal for me. First <laughs> of all, happened? <laughs> okay, first of all, at least Cam and people who know me, I'm notoriously not a morning person. No. And so these concert tickets went on sale at 8 a.m. in the morning. Oh, so no. I had to wake up at, by at least 7.30 to try and get myself prepped and ready for this concert sale. I already know not to even text you before like 11. Yeah, see, most people do. <laughs> <laughs> or if you do, you're not going to get a response. <laughs> so I got up and I, you know, um, I, the night before I had to look through the process of buying the tickets and everything. And you know, they did the system, which is new to me, but new to me in terms of buying concert tickets, not in terms of like San Diego Comic-Con. It was very similar now mm-hmm. where you log in prior, like uh, you use the link that uh, they have for the tickets and you log in about 10 minutes till, and then they just place you in a waiting room. Okay. And so there's no like first person clicks in and gets the tickets first. And so essentially doesn't matter when you click in, as long as you're in the waiting room between that 10 minute time frame window. And they'll at that point start sorting people out and then releasing tickets as soon as the, uh, the top of the hour hits. Oh my gosh. Start releasing people in batches to buy tickets. Well, sorting people out, like, do they put like 10 people in virtual room A, 10 people in virtual room B? No, you just sit in one giant virtual room. And well, then at least you're not being be- exposed <laughs> to COVID in that virtual room. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're in this room and then there's a little meter that you watch moving up to say where you are in line and it'll tell you like there are four four thousand people in front of you or there's and then it drops down and down and down so but you're waiting and waiting you're like oh 500 people in front of me you know as if you're unfortunate to be really in the back of the line and so i finally get in the room and i was like oh my gosh there's two tickets available on the balcony that's exactly what i wanted so I put them in my cart and they're like, sorry, somebody else snatched it before oh, you did. No. <laughs> now you're virtually fighting, virtually throwing punches. <laughs> well, I can only virtually yell at them, but they didn't hear me because they're like sitting there with, I got the ticket. So, <laughs> and then the only thing that was available was the floor, general admissions, where you stand the whole time. And I already knew I did not want that. Oh, no. So I was like, no. well, this concert's a, a, a no-go for me. But then I, I go log in later and after the sale the top part of the sale was over but i log in later and there were some seats available there was only you know one mezzanine seat here one balcony but not two and i needed two tickets Mm -hmm. and so i almost gave up hope but then my friend i was going with said why don't you check uh you know ticket uh seating service and one of those other ones resale ticket resale outlets Mm -hmm. so i forgot which one i was using um but i used it oh seat geek I use SeatGeek. Oh, I never heard of SeatGeek. So, so I always hear of, um, I think it's like Barry's tickets, but that's for like sporting events. Yeah, there's that, there's StubHub. Okay. Uh, but I use SeatGeek. And when I got into SeatGeek, uh, I found the section I wanted and the prices were only like $10 higher than the original price on Ticketmaster. Oh, oh perfect. Essentially, I didn't pay that much more for the tickets on another site. Um, so I was able to get good seats, or at least the ones that we wanted. So we'll be going to see Luna in August. And, you know, it was just, it's nice because Luna just participated. And I think I might have mentioned it earlier in one of our uh, podcasts, but they were in a reality competition show called Queendom 2. 
and they actually finished second out of all the groups that were participating okay. and so which gave them more exposure to an audience who may not know who they are mm -hmm. so that gives them the um, that allows them to have this world tour that they're going to be having so they'll be stopping in LA San Francisco other cities like Louisville and Kansas City and Denver so you know and then they say world tour but they've only announced these American cities and so other people from around the world like, hey, you hey said what world about tour. Us? Exactly. They're like, what about Brazil? What about London? I'm sure at some point they They're will. They're scheduling it, working out the kinks or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so the Ticketmaster process was stressful, did not work out for me in the end. I had to go somewhere else, uh, but it worked out. But it out. worked out, I was going to say. Yeah. I'm happy yep. that you, you found tickets and you were diligent. Yeah, so last thing about Luna, though, for those of you, who don't, I don't really, I, you know, some, even though I'm part Korean, I've the, my pronunciation is terrible because that's Luna is their American name mm -hmm. or, or English name because their actual Korean name is like Idaru Son Sonyo. Uh, and it's because the Korean characters of that phrase look like Luna in English. Oh, okay. And so, and what that actually means is girl of the month. Mm -hmm. And um, there's 12 members in the group. So there's one group, one girl for every month. For every month. Yeah. Girl of the month, kind of like, <laughs> like Jet Beauty of the Week. Remember the jet? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, jet, jet to do that. <laughs> Are we dating ourselves real bad now? You know, I mean, hey, my grandma has them on the back of her toilet. <laughs> well, I always thought the the jet was unique because it was that mini size. You know, they were small. They weren't like a normal magazine oh, size. Iconic. I would yeah. love to get my hands on the jet magazine now. <laughs> uh oh, it's time for us to do a bougie booze jet magazine. <laughs> So, well, I cannot wait to hear about your experience at the Luna concert. I know you'll take as much pictures as you can. So yeah, I'll talk you'll about tell that. us about it. For sure. That'll be a good time. Yes. Well, and then you'll have Comic-Con coming up. Uh, so maybe you do need to dress like Kanye for these upcoming I know. Events. Well, that's why I'm afraid because Luna's the Luna concert is about a week and a half after Comic-Con. So please don't let me catch something. You are not. You are not going to. You will be good. Thank you. <laughs> well, this has been great. I'm so happy that we are back. And again, I just want to apologize to our listeners because, you know, wasn't able to record for you guys, but we are here better than ever. I have both eyes. <laughs> oh, and before, you know, we're recording at the end of June here. So I just want to really quickly say happy Pride Month just shout that out real quick uh, it's june yes and get that in and but, i think also it's um i want to say it's black music month i saw something for npr npr tiny desk put something up oh okay well happy black music month <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> although black music is integral to american culture it should be a whole year every month but <laughs> yeah. you, you know how they do us yeah black music year <laughs> and you know all that let's, let's not get into the, all the appropriation and stuff so <laughs> boo-boos till next time be bougie and remember you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie bye, bye.